Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. We are supposed to be able to see things with our heart that you can't see with your eyes. You're supposed to be able to grasp and say, it's mine, I've got it. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Tuesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. TODAY I'M CONTINUING MY SERIES TALKING ABOUT THE POWER OF IMAGINATION. THIS IS A BRAND NEW BOOK I'VE PUT OUT, AND THIS WEEK WILL BE MY LAST WEEK TO TEACH ON THIS AND OFFER THESE PRODUCTS THROUGH OUR TELEVISION PROGRAM. SO I ENCOURAGE YOU TO PLEASE GO TO THE EFFORT. I NOT ONLY HAVE THE BOOK, BUT I HAVE CD'S AND TWO SETS OF DVD'S, ONE THAT WAS TAKEN DIRECTLY FROM OUR TELEVISION PROGRAM, ANOTHER ONE THAT WAS TAKEN FROM A LIVE TEACHING THAT I DID. AND I TELL YOU, THIS TEACHING ON IMAGINATION IS POWERFUL. I'VE ALREADY COVERED A LOT OF MATERIAL. YESTERDAY, I STARTED JUST SHOWING YOU THAT SOMETIMES THE WORD IMAGINATION OR HOPE, I HAVE SHOWN THROUGH THIS SERIES THAT WHEN THE BIBLE TALKS ABOUT HOPE, ROMANS CHAPTER 8, VERSES 24 AND 25, IT'S TALKING ABOUT A POSITIVE IMAGINATION, AND I EXPLAIN THAT. SO I'VE TALKED ABOUT IMAGINATION AND HOPE, BUT THERE'S MANY INSTANCES IN THE BIBLE WHERE YOUR IMAGINATION IS INVOLVED IN EVERYTHING THAT HAPPENS, BUT IT'S NOT USED, IT'S NOT REFERRED TO BY ONE OF THOSE TERMS. YESTERDAY I USED 1 KINGS CHAPTER 19 WHERE IT SAYS THAT ELIJAH SAW HIMSELF DEAD. HE SAW HIMSELF SLAIN LIKE ONE OF THE PROPHETS OF BAAL, AND WHEN HE SAW THAT, HE FLED. HE GOT INTO UNBELIEF, AND THEN IN THE FOURTH VERSE OF 1 KINGS CHAPTER 19, HE ACTUALLY REQUESTED THAT GOD WOULD KILL HIM. HE WAS SO DEPRESSED. I'M NOT ANY BETTER THAN MY FATHER'S. AND ALL OF THAT WAS BECAUSE HIS IMAGINATION. HE SAW HIMSELF DEFEATED. I'M TELLING YOU, AS A MAN THINKETH IN HIS HEART, SO IS HE. PROVERBS 23, 7, AND THAT IS SPECIFICALLY TALKING ABOUT THE IMAGE THAT YOU HAVE ON THE INSIDE. IT BECOMES A SELF-FULFILLING PROPHECY. LET ME USE ANOTHER PASSAGE TO SHOW YOU THAT that THIS IS JUST ALL THROUGHOUT THE WORD OF GOD. YOU CAN'T DO ANYTHING WITHOUT YOUR IMAGINATION. I'M PRAYING THAT GOD WILL OPEN UP YOUR HEART, AND I'M JUST SKIMMING THE SURFACE ON THIS. ONCE YOU UNDERSTAND THIS PRINCIPLE, YOU CAN FIND IT EVERYWHERE IN THE WORD. BUT LOOK AT THIS. IN MARK CHAPTER 6, THIS IS WHERE JESUS FED THE 5,000 MEN, NOT INCLUDING WOMEN AND CHILDREN THAT WERE IN THE CROWD. SO THERE WAS A MINIMUM OF 10,000, MAYBE 15 OR MORE THOUSAND PEOPLE THAT HE FED WITH FIVE LOAVES AND TWO FISH. AND HERE IT SAYS IN MARK CHAPTER 6 AND IN VERSE 41, IT SAYS, AND WHEN HE HAD TAKEN THE FIVE LOAVES AND THE TWO FISHES, HE LOOKED UP TO HEAVEN AND BLESSED AND BREAK THE LOAVES AND GAVE THEM TO HIS DISCIPLES TO SET BEFORE THEM, AND THE TWO FISHES DIVIDED HE AMONG THEM ALL. DID YOU KNOW, YOU JUST READ OVER THIS AND YOU'D THINK THAT HE JUST RAISED HIS HEAD. BUT IF YOU uh, LOOK INTO THE GREEK, THE WORD THAT WAS TRANSLATED HERE, HE LOOKED UP, IT'S THE WORD ANABLEPO. IT'S A COMPOUND WORD. THE WORD ANA MEANS AGAIN, AND BLEPO MEANS TO SEE. SO LITERALLY, THIS MEANS TO SEE AGAIN, OR IF YOU LOOK IT UP IN THE STRONGS, IT MEANS TO SEE TWICE. SO WHAT THIS IS TALKING ABOUT, JESUS DIDN'T JUST TAKE THESE LOAVES AND FISH AND JUST LIFT HIS HEAD. NO, BUT HE LOOKED UP. HE SAW TWICE. HE SAW BEYOND WHAT WAS PHYSICAL, AND HE SAW INTO THE SPIRITUAL. HE SAW THINGS THAT YOU CAN'T SEE 
WITH YOUR PHYSICAL EYES. IN OTHER WORDS, HE SAW THIS FOOD MULTIPLYING. HE SAW IT FEEDING THE MULTITUDES. HE SAW ALL OF THIS. HE WAS GOING BEYOND THE PHYSICAL AND THE LIMITATIONS OF THE PHYSICAL, AND HE WAS SEEING WITH HIS HEART, AND IT BECAME A SELF-FULFILLING PROPHECY. ALL OF THIS WAS IN HIS IMAGINATION. HE LOOKED UP. AND DID YOU KNOW, ONCE YOU UNDERSTAND THIS, YOU CAN GO TO ALL OF THE REFERENCES IN THE BIBLE WHERE IT TALKS ABOUT LOOKED UP. FOR INSTANCE, OVER IN MARK CHAPTER 8, JESUS PRAYED FOR A MAN WHO WAS BLIND, AND HE ASKED HIM WHAT HE SAW, AND HE SAW MEN AS TREES WALKING AROUND. HIS VISION WASN'T CLEAR. AND JESUS MADE HIM LOOK UP, AND NOW HE SAW EVERY MAN CLEARLY. HE MADE HIM SEE BEYOND JUST THE LIMITATIONS OF WHAT WAS HAPPENING WITH HIS EYES. HE STARTED SEEING WITH HIS HEART, AND ONCE HE GOT IT IN HIS HEART, THEN IT BECAME VISIBLE IN THE PHYSICAL REALM. YOU KNOW, ONCE YOU UNDERSTAND THIS, AGAIN, GO TO MATTHEW CHAPTER uh, 24 WHEN IT TALKS ABOUT THE SIGNS OF THE END TIMES, THAT THERE'S GOING TO BE DIVERS, uh, EARTHQUAKES, EARTHQUAKES IN DIVERS PLACES AND PESTILENCE AND WARS AND RUMORS OF WARS AND ALL OF THESE THINGS. AND WHEN YOU SEE THESE SIGNS, THEN LOOK UP, FOR YOUR REDEMPTION draws NIGH. THAT'S NOT... THAT'S TALKING ABOUT MORE THAN JUST RAISING YOUR HEAD AND GAZING UP INTO THE HEAVENS. IT'S TALKING ABOUT LOOK BEYOND JUST THE PHYSICAL THINGS THAT ARE HAPPENING. SEE WITH YOUR HEART SEE IN YOUR HEART, WHICH IS YOUR IMAGINATION, SEE THAT, MAN, THIS IS PROPHECY. IT'S COMING TO PASS. THIS MEANS THAT THE REDEMPTION DRAWS NIGH. AND AGAIN, YOU CAN JUST GO ALL THE WAY THROUGH THE BIBLE ON THIS. LOOK AT THIS PASSAGE OVER IN DANIEL CHAPTER 4. THIS IS ONE OF MY FAVORITE PASSAGES OF SCRIPTURE IN THE ENTIRE BIBLE. AND IT WAS WRITTEN NOT BY A JEW OR A BELIEVER. IT WAS WRITTEN BY NEBUCHADNEZZAR, A PAGAN KING, WHO ACTUALLY MADE AN IMAGE OF HIMSELF AND MADE PEOPLE WORSHIP IT. YOU KNOW, THE ONE THAT THREW THE CHILDREN, THE HEBREW CHILDREN INTO THE FIERY FURNACE AND THINGS LIKE THIS. AND YET HE WROTE A CHAPTER IN THE BIBLE. AND IT WAS BECAUSE HE HAD A DREAM. DANIEL INTERPRETED HIS DREAM AND SAID THAT THIS is, MEANS THAT IF YOU DON'T CHANGE, THEN GOD IS GOING TO TAKE YOU FROM your, ALL OF YOUR GLORY, YOUR POWER. HE WAS THE STRONGEST RULER ON THE PLANET AT THIS TIME. Uh, MANY OF YOU MIGHT HAVE HEARD, YOU KNOW, ABOUT THE ANCIENT SEVEN WONDERS OF THE WORLD. THE HANGING uh, GARDENS OF BABYLON WERE ONE OF THE SEVEN WONDERS OF THE WORLD. HE HAD NOT ONLY THE GREATEST EMPIRE, BUT PROBABLY THE MOST OPULENT uh, PALACE AND THESE HANGING GARDENS, AND NOBODY HAD EVER DONE WHAT NEBUCHADNEZZAR DID. AND HE GOT LIFTED UP IN PRIDE, AND GOD GAVE HIM A DREAM, AND DANIEL INTERPRETED AND SAYS, IF YOU DON'T REPENT, GOD IS GOING TO SEND YOU OUT AND YOU ARE GOING TO LOSE YOUR REASON. YOU'LL BE LIKE AN ANIMAL. YOU'LL EAT GRASS. YOUR, your FINGERNAILS WILL GROW LIKE CLAWS AND YOUR HAIR ON YOUR BODY WILL GROW LIKE, YOU KNOW, THE HAIR ON AN ANIMAL. AND uh, YOU'RE GOING TO DO THAT FOR SEVEN YEARS UNTIL YOU KNOW THAT GOD REIGNS IN HEAVEN. AND IT CAME TO PASS. HE WAS WALKING IN HIS PALACE, LOOKING AT, at HIS PALACE AND THESE HANGING GARDENS SAYING, LOOK WHAT I HAVE DONE. AND THERE CAME A VOICE FROM HEAVEN that SAYS, IT IS DONE. YOUR KINGDOM IS TAKEN FROM YOU. AND FOR SEVEN YEARS, NEBUCHADNEZZAR BECAME AN ANIMAL. HE THREW OFF HIS CLOTHES. HE ATE GRASS, AND HIS HAIR GREW LIKE THE HAIR OF AN ANIMAL, AND HE WAS TOTALLY OUT OF HIS MIND. YOU WONDER HOW HIS KINGDOM COULD HAVE SURVIVED, BUT THERE IS A SECULAR ACCOUNT 
IF YOU GO TO MY LIVING COMMENTARY, I'VE GOT ALL OF THESE DETAILS WITH THE NAMES AND ALL OF THESE KIND OF THINGS. BUT THERE IS A SECULAR ACCOUNT THAT HIS WIFE, THE QUEEN, WHEN DANIEL PROPHESIED THESE THINGS, SHE BELIEVED IT AND SHE SUBMITTED AND SHE WAS SEEKING GOD AND SHE KEPT THE KINGDOM BASED ON DANIEL'S PROPHECY THAT THIS WOULD ONLY HAPPEN FOR SEVEN YEARS AND THEN HIS REASON WOULD RETURN TO HIM. AND SO SHE KEPT THE KINGDOM STILL UNDER HIS CONTROL, ALTHOUGH OTHER PEOPLE WERE HAVING TO RULE IT DURING THIS TIME THAT HE WAS, he was OUT IN THE FIELDS LIVING LIKE AN ANIMAL. AND SO AT THE END OF THIS TIME, IT SAYS HERE IN uh, DANIEL CHAPTER 4 AND IN VERSE 33, IT SAYS, THE SAME HOUR WAS THE THING FULFILLED UPON NEBUCHADNEZZAR, AND HE WAS DRIVEN FROM MEN AND DID EAT GRASS AS OXEN, AND HIS BODY WAS WET WITH THE DEW OF HEAVEN TILL HIS HAIRS WERE GROWN LIKE EAGLE'S FEATHERS AND HIS NAILS LIKE BIRD CLAWS. AND AT THE END OF THE DAYS, I, NEBUCHADNEZZAR, LIFTED UP MY EYES UNTO HEAVEN. NOW AGAIN, why, IF YOU WERE RECORDING THIS, WHY WOULD YOU SAY THAT I LIFTED MY EYES IF ALL OF IT'S TALKING ABOUT IS JUST THAT YOU RAISED YOUR HEAD? CERTAINLY HE HAD RAISED HIS HEAD AND LOOKED UP AT THE SKY MANY TIMES DURING THOSE SEVEN YEARS. THIS IS MORE THAN JUST TALKING ABOUT THE ANGLE OF HIS HEAD. THIS IS TALKING ABOUT THAT ANABLEPO IN THE NEW TESTAMENT WHERE HE SAW PAST THE PHYSICAL THINGS HE SAW INTO THE SPIRITUAL REALM. HIS IMAGINATION ONCE AGAIN WAS ABLE TO SEE GOD. HE SAW TWICE. HE SAW PAST THE NATURAL AND HE WAS LOOKING INTO THE SPIRIT. HE WAS LOOKING AT THINGS THAT COULDN'T BE SEEN WITH HIS HEART. THAT'S WHAT HE'S TALKING ABOUT. HE SAID, I LIFTED UP MY EYES UNTO HEAVEN AND MY UNDERSTANDING RETURNED UNTO ME AND I BLESSED THE MOST HIGH AND I PRAISED AND HONORED HIM THAT LIVETH FOREVER WHOSE DOMINION IS AN EVERLASTING DOMINION, AND HIS KINGDOM IS FROM GENERATION TO GENERATION. AND ALL THE INHABITANTS OF THE EARTH ARE REPUTED AS NOTHING. AND HE DOETH ACCORDING TO HIS WILL IN THE ARMY OF HEAVEN AND AMONG THE INHABITANTS OF THE EARTH, AND NONE CAN STAY HIS HAND OR SAY UNTO HIM, WHAT DOEST THOU? AT THE SAME TIME MY REASON RETURNED UNTO ME, AND FOR THE GLORY OF MY KINGDOM MY HONOR AND BRIGHTNESS RETURNED UNTO ME, AND MY COUNSELORS AND MY LORD SOUGHT UNTO ME, AND I WAS ESTABLISHED IN MY KINGDOM, AND EXCELLENT MAJESTY WAS ADDED UNTO ME. NOW I, NEBUCHADNEZZAR, PRAISE AND EXTOL AND HONOR THE KING OF HEAVEN, ALL WHOSE WORKS ARE TRUTH, AND HIS WAYS JUDGMENT. And, AND LOOK AT THIS PHRASE. THIS IS ONE OF MY FAVORITE STATEMENTS IN THE ENTIRE BIBLE. THIS IS NEBUCHADNEZZAR, AND HE SAYS, AND THOSE THAT WALK IN PRIDE, HE IS ABLE TO ABASE. MAN, THAT IS AN UNDERSTATEMENT. BUT ALL OF THIS HAPPENED WHEN HE LIFTED UP HIS EYES, WHEN HE LOOKED UP, WHEN HE SAW PAST THE PHYSICAL. HE QUIT BEING CONTROLLED BY JUST NATURAL THINKING, WHAT HE COULD SEE, TASTE, HEAR, SMELL, AND FEEL. HE BEGAN TO SEE WITH HIS HEART, WHICH IS, AGAIN, TALKING ABOUT IMAGINATION. AND ON AND ON AND ON YOU COULD GO ALL THE WAY THROUGH SCRIPTURE WHEN A PERSON SEES BEYOND JUST WHAT IS OBVIOUS, WHAT YOU CAN SEE WITH YOUR EYES, AND WHEN YOU START SEEING WITH YOUR HEART, THAT'S WHEN YOUR LIFE TAKES ON MEANING. THAT'S WHEN YOU BECOME IN CONTROL. NOW, SAD TO SAY, YOU CAN DO THIS IN A NEGATIVE WAY, AND THIS IS WHAT'S HAPPENING TO THE VAST MAJORITY OF PEOPLE TODAY, THAT THEY ARE SEEING WITH THEIR HEART, BUT THEY ARE SEEING NEGATIVE. THEY ARE LETTING THE WORLD PAINT A PICTURE OF DEFEAT AND FAILURE. AND DID YOU KNOW, IF ALL YOU ARE DOING 
is looking with your physical eyes and receiving the input from this fallen world, well, then I guarantee you the only option you have is to see things negatively. Did you know that life is a terminal experience? I know that many of you don't like to think about this, but unless Jesus returns during the time that you're alive, you and I have an expiration date. We are going to die. And uh, I could spend a lot of time explaining that, but actually that's a blessing for those that know the Lord because God's got a glorified body prepared for us. We are going to live forever in eternity in mansions where there is no sin, there's no evil, there's no more sorrow, there's no more crying. Things are so awesome that Romans chapter 8, I believe it's verse 18, says that the things of this life aren't even worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Heaven is going to be so awesome that all of the struggles and the pains of this life are going to be so far removed that people won't even think about it. It's going to be awesome. So for those that know the Lord, did you know death is actually the best part of living? It really is. But if you don't think about heaven, if you don't think about what God says, and if you look at things from just a human, natural perspective, not acknowledging the spiritual world and that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to lose, if you don't think about those things, and if you just looked at things with your physical eyes and think only as people that don't know the Lord think, well, then you should be depressed. I mean, at the very best, it doesn't matter how good your life goes. It doesn't matter how much acclaim you get. It doesn't matter how much money you accumulate. You are someday going to die. Life is a terminal experience. And if you take away all of these truths that are revealed to us through the Word of God, then something's wrong with you if you aren't depressed. Doesn't matter how good it is today, your end is going to be death in this life. And not only physical death, but we live in a fallen world and we're going to have problems. You're going to have people come across your path that will complain, that will do, do you wrong, that will treat you wrong. You know, if you have false expectations, this is where all disappointment and all depression comes from. You know, I used on my program yesterday the scriptures out of 1 Kings chapter 19 where Elijah he had a Jezebel send him a messenger with a note saying, I'm going to make your life like one of these prophets that you've killed. And when he saw that, he ran and became so depressed that he asked God to kill him. Did you know his depression came because he was looking at things through the wrong lens? He was seeing only with his physical eyes. And that painted a picture in his imagination of failure and him being dead. And so he ran to escape it. And then he saw himself as a total failure. God, I dealt with the king and all of his armies, but this one woman sent a soldier with a note and it scared me. And he felt like a total failure. He saw himself as a failure. And because of that, he was depressed. All depression. I'm going to say some things right here that many of you won't like because, again, our society is becoming increasingly humanistic where we are blaming everything on just physical, natural things. We don't understand that there's a spiritual world. There's demons. There's all of these things. We are looking for a physical answer for everything as we get further and further and further removed from God and His influence. And so today, it's popular to believe that depression is a chemical imbalance, that what you need is drugs. You've got some kind of a physical thing wrong with you. I'm telling you, depression is a result of the way you're thinking. 
Now, I'm not saying that you can't take drugs and affect your mood. I believe that there are mind-altering drugs, you know, heroin, uh, marijuana, all of these things. They will affect your mental state. Yes, you can take drugs and affect it, but that's just like putting a Band-Aid on an amputated arm. You haven't solved the problem. The root of your problem is, Proverbs 23, 7, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you're depressed, you're thinking on depressing things. Isaiah 26, 3, the Lord will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. And that word mind there is Y-E-T-S-E-R. Yet, sir, it's a Hebrew word that means conception and it was translated imagination. As you think in your heart, when you get a picture on the inside, if you are picturing yourself in Christ, and what Jesus has done for you, and what you can do in all of His promises, then you will have perfect peace. If you don't have perfect peace, it is not because you have a chemical imbalance. It is not because you need drugs and medication. It's not because you need therapy. You need to keep your mind stayed upon God. I've dealt with thousands of people who are manic depressive, have all of these mental issues, and they come to me and I'll tell them, you need to start focusing on what God is. Well, I can't. I'm depressed. And they're basically saying that it doesn't work for me, that I somehow or another, the Word isn't enough for me. I have to have drugs. I have to have all of these support groups and everything else. Those drugs and support groups are a way to get around the problem. The problem is you haven't kept your mind stayed upon God. I remember one guy who was manic depressive and he came to me for help and I was telling him some of these things. And he says, I just can't do that. I'm a, I'm a, a schizophrenic or I forgot how he said it. But anyway, he, he had these personality disorders and I just can't do it. And I said, so you're telling me that James 4, 7 says you resist the devil and he'll flee from you. It doesn't work for you. And he says, no, I've tried and it won't work. And I said, I just don't believe you. I believe the Word of God more than I believe you. And I began to tell him, I said, I can tell you exactly how you think. And I said, when you go to bed, what you do is sit there and rehearse every negative thing, every sad thing that happened to you. You think about it as you fall asleep. And when you wake up, the first thing you do, instead of being excited about the day and anticipating something good happening, you just think, oh no, it's another day. It's going to get even worse. And you remember what's happened and you just see it multiply. He says, that's exactly what I think. And I said, see, that's the reason you're depressed. It is not your chemical imbalance that makes you depressed. It's your wrong thinking that makes you have a chemical imbalance. You know, I, I saw a survey once. I was reading a magazine on a plane and the government did a $3 million study over like three years or something and it was about people who smile. And the conclusion of it was that people who smile are happier than people who frown. So the, so the uh, recommendation from this study was smile more and you'll be happier. And I tell you, I, I got so mad reading that thing. Like, how dumb can you get and still breathe? It is not smiling that makes you happier, but it's being happy that makes you smile. And somebody had to spend $3 million and, and three years to figure that out. That is just dumb to the second power. It is not smiling that makes you happy. It's when you're happy, you smile. 
And it's the same thing. It's not your chemical imbalance that makes you depressed. It's your depression that makes you have a chemical imbalance. And as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. And so you can sit there and you can, you can deal with it. You can put yourself into this drug-induced state to where you don't have the highs and the lows and you can somehow or another mediate the problem, but you'll never solve the problem with any of that therapy or any of these uh, drugs and stuff like that. The problem is your mind isn't stayed upon God. And because of that, that mind there is talking about imagination. You are seeing everything negative. And again, I say that if you aren't born again and even if you are born again, but if you are thinking on all of the negative things, thinking on the people who are dying, the people who are coming against you, all of the evil that's being done in our world, and if you aren't depressed, then it's because you aren't paying attention or because your mind is stayed upon God and you're looking past. You have lifted up your eyes and you are seeing beyond just the physical and you're seeing into the spiritual. And if nothing else... If nothing in your life ever changed, if you never get healed, if you never get prospered financially, if your marriage never works out, if people don't like you, if your career fails, if everything in your life goes wrong, did you know if you look beyond that and look to what Jesus has promised you that someday you are going to be forever in a mansion and He'll wipe away all tears from your eyes, even if you never saw deliverance in this life, you could still be happy and you could still rejoice looking forward to what's after this life, into the next life. But on the other hand, if you aren't seeing past just the physical, and if you aren't seeing into the spiritual and all of the rewards, then it's like Paul said, if in this life only we have hope, then we are of all men most miserable. Man, why am I going to this effort? Why do I put up with people that hate me? I've got thousands of blogs written against me and what a terrible person I am. And I've been persecuted. I've been kidnapped. I've been spit on. I've been lied about. Why am I doing all of this if there isn't an eternal reward? If I just looked in the natural realm, if I wasn't seeing the reward that God has given, why would I go to all of this effort? It doesn't make any sense. But see, because there is another world and because there are promises, and because God is real, and God comforts me in all of my tribulations, what it says, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And Paul talked about the fellowship of his sufferings. It's not me that people are persecuting. It's what I'm saying. It's people actually standing against the truth and against God, the author of that truth. And God compensates me. And if if I wasn't focused on all of those things, I guarantee you, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Welcome to the AWM Minute, a small glimpse on how your partnership with Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible College has allowed us to provide free ministry through our call center, including our prison ministry, where we are able to disciple thousands of prisoners. Andrew has always made his product available to prisoners for free. We started a prison Bible study a few years ago. If a prisoner reaches out and says, hey, is there a Bible study? We will send him or her the first lesson in the Bible study. Once they get done with one study guide, we send them a certificate of completion, you know, showing they graduated. Because just because they're behind bars doesn't mean they can't be free as God sees them. To the partners, I would have to say this. If you don't know it, we can't do what we do without you. 
Thank you, partners, for allowing us to change the lives of countless prisoners with the message of God's unconditional love and grace. To learn more about being a partner, visit awmi.net slash grace today. It's really awesome to be able to be a partner. Andrew's vision and his ministry and what he's done, it's just impacting the world with the truth of the gospel, with the truth of who Jesus really is. And when I saw where the money that I was giving was going, I was like, I'm gonna give this ministry for the rest of my life. So being a partner is really coming together in the body of Christ and, and doing His will. If you're not already a partner, you can become a Grace Partner today by calling our helpline or going to awmi.net. Learn how to put your imagination to work for you when you get Andrew's brand new book titled, The Power of Imagination. This book is available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. This new series on the power of imagination is also available as a CD or DVD album recorded live from a Gospel Truth seminar or in a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. Each are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. I'd really like to encourage you to get these products. This is my brand new book on the power of imagination. And I tell you, I've mentioned this in a number of different teachings, but this is the first time I've just taught specifically on imagination. This is a deal changer. It's a game changer. And it would really bless you. We also have DVDs. This was taken from a live session. And then I have DVDs that were taken from our television program. And then we have CDs that were taken from one of my meetings. So we've got a number of different ways of you taking advantage of this, but I promise you this teaching is something that not very many, I've never heard anybody else teach on this, and I believe it would really change your life. It has totally revolutionized my, my life, so please listen to our announcer and call and receive these materials. These valuable resources are also available in the Power of Imagination package. This package includes Andrew's brand new book, as well as your choice of the CD or the As Seen on TV DVD album. The Power of Imagination package has a catalog value of $50, but you can get it today for a gift of only $35. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. You can order resources or become a Grace Partner through our website at awmi.net or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today.
Andrew is relaunching his Living Commentary. This updated commentary is a Bible program for both Mac and PC, which allows you to study through the Bible with Andrew. For more information, go to our website at awmi.net. Hello, this is Andrew Womack, and on the 16th of November, we are welcoming the Colorado Springs Chorale to come to our facilities in Woodland Park and perform Handel's Messiah. There's going to be 130 singers, 12 musicians. Tickets are $15 per person, and I tell you, it's going to be a great, great time. So remember, that's November the 16th at the Karis Bible College, Woodland Park, Colorado, Colorado Springs Chorale, performing Handel's Messiah.